0: Right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Women in Confidence with me and a previous guest. So Izzy Friend is joining me again. So you need to rewind, I think, about six episodes. It's quite a while ago, Izzy, that you came on and she did this amazing episode about her shadow and her burgeoning business and all the positive things going on in her life. So you need to go back and listen to that one. But this is a special episode because Izzy is going to interview me. So you're going to find out a little bit more about me and what I'm doing in my life, and I guess ask me some of the questions that I ask my guests around confidence, and you know throw them back at me, and see if I respond half as well as all my guests do. So Izzy, welcome to the show, and I'm literally just going to hand you the mic, and it's all yours.
1: This is so exciting! Um, what a treat to be able to do this. What a treat! <laughs> Should we go straight into it? Go for and it. Do you want to give everyone
0: just like a little bit of a background about yourself? Oh gosh, a little one is...
1: Well, you can make it. <laughs> I would say a little <laughs> one when, you, when you're when you 49
0: and had years and years of working. But essentially my proper career, I call it my grown-up career because previous to joining my the Royal Navy, I basically just mucked about in London doing some odd jobs um and making pretty good money for it, but just nothing serious. So I joined the Royal Navy when I was 24. So I was probably quite a late entrant into that Mm -hmm. as an officer. And I really needed that job at the time, not for any money or anything, but just because I felt I needed the stability in my life and I needed something exciting and and just, yeah, I needed something more than just working uh, as a temp in a, I don't know, a bank, for example, or um, I was working at Goldman Sachs. And so I joined the Royal Navy and I was there for just over 15 years and I did, oh my gosh, that's a whole podcast in itself talking about that whole period of my life. I mean, I went through, I mean, I had two kids, I got married, you know, it's like my life was in that, that that whole job really. And, you know, I got to do some amazing things. I got to do some things that were very sad and very tragic, but it totally made me, and there's a, there's an advert that the Navy do, and it says, you know, made uh born in, I don't know, say London, but made in the Royal Navy. And it's it's so spot on. There are so many people who can say that the Navy made them, and it totally made me a much better manager and leader for one thing, but it really rounded off my personality. So I I did that and I was very fortunate to to be in the Navy and to serve the Queen, who's no longer with us. Yeah. Um, she's sad, she was my boss for you know 15 years. And then I knew all along that I wanted to go into HR. I think I knew really early on, in fact, and I won't name her name, but I managed a civil servant and she was a right pain in the ass. She was really hard to work and everybody just couldn't figure her out. And I just thought I've got to, I've got to figure this out. I've got to get this whole HR thing right and I'm going to be better at this than, than anybody. And that's when I started getting my qualifications in HR and really, really studying it and learning it and being good at it. And I never really managed to, well, I never managed to fire this lady, but I managed to somehow manage her. Um, she was a challenge for sure. But I you know I do thank her in many ways because she got me into my second career. So I was lucky that during my time in the Navy, I was able to select roles for me to go into and I went I did recruitment and selection I did training what else did I do I did diversity and inclusion I worked in leadership and management so I was really fortunate to to, able to do this. Yeah. That. plus the Royal Navy also paid for my master's which is you know amazing I can't am I promoting the Royal Navy right now but it was such an amazing place to grow up in management and then I stepped out into the, my first commercial job and you know I thought I sort of knew a few things and then I had to restructure a, a department and I was like holy shit I
1: don't know much about HR. That must have been such a shock wasn't it yeah. like did you I didn't know if bubble is the right word for the navy but like the only one that I can think of off the top of my head like did you feel like you'd almost like burst the bubble and then we're just floating and not floating around but was it that you didn't have I'm going to say family, like the Royal may be family. And then when you change jobs, I can imagine you feeling a little bit lost. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there is a real difference between those sort of military, any uniformed organisation, well, I'm sure is absolutely the same. And then the commercial sector is very different because you have completely different motivations for being there. You know, people join the military to serve and work as a team. You know, you don't hear many people talk about I. I mean, the fact that I, you know, I still talk about it so much is because it was, it's a team, yeah you know, and it, that whole camaraderie and working together is really, really important and is just foundational to everything that happens, say on a ship, for example, that you, I just didn't get that when I left the Navy, there just isn't that same there was certainly in the organisations I worked for, there wasn't that same sense of team. And so maybe team family is is similar. I mean, although families can be pretty dreadful places to be. um, I'll just say, but actually that's the bit I did miss the most having left was that real sense of teamwork and and one purpose. I I think there are so many motivations in commercial organisations, whereas in my experience, there was just one purpose to the, the mm-hmm. navy and that's what I did really miss it so I don't know if I felt lost because actually the one thing it did teach me well it taught me a lot but one of the things it taught me was look if you don't know the answer just go and find it out because somebody else will know you're not the expert I, I know I like to say I, I know a lot about a little is that right yeah yeah a little about a lot a little about a lot so I know (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) I know a little about a lot so I can hold my own in most conversations but if you if I needed to know something deep my training my background was like oh I'll go and find out the person who does know and I'll ask them the questions and so when I had to restructure or um, I don't know make somebody redundant for the first time I just called on the, all those things that i'd learned and i just went and asked or i did the research or mm-hmm. you know i just realized that there are many many people who know much more than me about you know very specific subjects so hunt those people out and and make friends with them very quickly
1: <laughs> And i think that in itself is a skill to be able to rely on other people it's very easy for some people to think that they have to have all the answers themselves but to be able to it's like that vulnerable thing isn't it put your hands up be a bit vulnerable and just ask and it's amazing then the connections that you build and it's that spider web of this person helps this person you help that person and everyone builds each other up in that way
0: I think to be honest Izzy I'm losing the skill the the, 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 the older I get and the more senior I get in jobs because you know, I've got the masters. I, you know, I've got the HR director role on my CV. I've been doing it for years. People have an ex, I think that people have an expectation that why is Vanessa asking this? You know, we hired her because of her resume and all that experience. So why now is she asking? Is she a fraud? And maybe I'm making this up. Maybe that's my little confidence thing that I need to, to to have a word with myself, but I think he lose it the The more experience you get, because you just think, well, surely I should know this by now. Oh, yeah.
1: That's the shoulda, woulda, coulda. Isn't <laughs> it like I should know this? I would have done this. I could do this. And you make such a good point there. Almost the higher up you go, it can sometimes feel like you have to know everything. And I wonder if the people that really make it, it doesn't matter what level they're at. They keep asking.
0: Mm. Yeah, you could be right. I I spoke to somebody earlier today, and she said every senior person, even like Michelle Obama, has a coach. They they yeah. might not talk about that person, but what I suppose makes them gives them their strength and makes them so powerful and senior is the fact that they have somebody to go to and ask questions and to I don't know, just to sound, you know, ideas off. And I guess it never dawned on me that actually the seat even like probably I don't know Liz Truss although quite she could do with some help right now yeah you know (laughs) even like the really senior people have somebody who they go to to speak about things and to bounce you know the shit ideas off and yeah
1: yeah. and it's seeing things from a different perspective isn't it yeah like it's it's easy to channel in on you do it this way this way this way but someone always has a slightly different way of doing it
0: (laughs) And that's really healthy talking to people who have different perspectives or a different background. And I suppose this goes on to, you know, diversity in organizations, is that if you just keep asking people who look like me, people who are like me, people who went to the same sort of school as me, we're just going to come up with the same answer. Whereas actually go and speak to somebody who's completely different to you and let them
1: challenge your thinking. Yeah, absolutely challenging your thinking. I love that. That's so true. Um, it's
0: not comfortable, so,
1: but it's good for you. No, no, it's not at all. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, let's move on to what you're doing now, because this is exciting.
0: My um, my son calls me underemployed um because he doesn't <laughs> understand the world of self-employment because <laughs> he doesn't see me getting in the car and going to work these oh, days. I'm but, sure um, the <laughs> But I, I basically have sort of three things that keep me busy. One is this podcast, and I I, I mean, I think I mentioned this in it pretty much every episode, how much I really enjoy it. So and it's become more of a it's not a hobby anymore. It's something that I choose and I diary, you know, diarize, and it's something I definitely do. Um and I I actually talk about it a lot because it's so part of my life. The other thing that I do, and probably I should have mentioned this one first, is I'm a HR and culture consultant, and that's where sort of the majority of my time is spent now. So really, less of the the operational HR, so human resources, if, for people who don't know, and more around culture change or culture understanding company culture and how you can build it and shape it and change it so that it suits the objectives of the organisation. So I spend and I've got a few tools and I spend time doing that and that is it's not fun that's the wrong word but it's satisfying that you can help organizations really design how they want to act how they want to be what are their rituals that really support the business really and everything it wants to achieve so that's great and I love that I mean I do HR I can you know I've been doing it for so long now I can absolutely support organizations in anything around you know restructures performance management you know anything leadership I, I can absolutely support that but my real love is around culture now and really helping organizations and then I do coaching so my confidence coaching is still a big part and I, I I'm i trying to take on some new clients at the moment because I enjoy it so much and I've learned so much through doing this podcast and meeting people like you that I've got much more to share and I can help yeah. more because of this. So, yeah, three things that I do. But what I'm also trying to do is not work crazy hours. So go figure
1: how I'm going to do that. <laughs> that can be almost the challenge compared to the work. I <laughs> yeah. can sometimes feel like a breeze compared to how do I not let this take over my life? Mm. especially I found being self employed
0: yeah there's so the... much you can do with your time you know i could spend hours on social media just i don't know promoting the business but yeah i'm i'm trying to be and i'm going to go through this phase because it's relatively new this part of my my career so I'm going to go through I'm going to make the mistakes and I'll you know find myself sucked into you know TikTok for five hours (laughs) but that's fine you know it's fine because that's that's I'm still learning how to do this and I'm not ashamed to say that is that I'll make Mm. a a mistake and I'll get it wrong and I'll just have to learn from that but that's fine I'm happy with that
1: and I feel like we always make mistakes yeah and actually are they are they actually mistakes, or is it just getting you to look at something from a different point of view, or a bit of a redirection into something else?
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, are they mistakes? Well, they're only mistakes if you label them mistakes. If you are just yeah, like, oh well, that was an opportunity. It's just, yeah, like, it's just a word you give. And mistake has the negative connotations, and like you know, opportunities is a positive. So. Yeah, they're mistakes, um, but only if you want them to be, or that's what you label them. So yeah, I mean, maybe I'll have lots of opportunities in future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> love that. Um, with we've kind of covered it a little bit already, but with what you're doing now, mm. what would you say they're like maybe they are pivotal points, maybe they just have passed by from the past that have helped you to transition to kind of like being self-employed. So one of the things, and this is absolutely as a,
0: a byproduct of my time in the Navy is the adaptability. So you know, many people will not have a clue about a career in the, in the military, but you tend to change jobs on a regular basis, and that's part of career development. So you can change jobs every 12 to 18 months. You can go on a uh, deployment so you can be sent abroad. Um into a conflict area for six months, for example. So you get a lot of experience, but you find yourself in situations where you, you've got training, you don't go in there completely um, as a novice, but you don't know the actual environment and you don't know the, sp- the specifics of the job, but you have, you've just got to get on with it and you know s- thrive in many ways because there's so many people dependent on you to do that and that's what you get trained and that's what you get hired for initially so I think having gone from job to job I've had to be adaptable I've had to figure out Vanessa how are you going to how are you going to get your head around this within the space of two three weeks so that you are you know you're running you're going yeah. you know because you, you just don't in a in a six month job you don't have time to you know dawdle and oh get to know the business you've just got to get on with it and so I guess I've just learned don't ask me how I've just learned to do it or maybe that's just who I am that could be just I am that type of person I can just adapt quite easily so that's one thing so moving from being paid by somebody else and having to report into a boss to having to pay myself and be my own boss I don't know I guess I've just it's just another adaptation of me so it's fine I'm sort of that's okay I think also not necessarily a pivotal moment but the fact that i can engage with you know lots of different people i'm not shy of talking to somebody i've already mentioned it about asking for help i think that has helped the transition as well is is just being able to connect with people connection and networking is pretty fundamental when you run your own business yeah yeah
1: it definitely isn't it you um you mentioned about like adaptability and things and whether it was just natural to you. And I wonder if actually maybe it is and that's why you've done the things that you do.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier actually. Is it the job that makes you adaptable or are you attracted to jobs that require you to be adaptable? I don't know. It's like chicken or egg.
1: But... Yeah, I was literally <laughs> <about> chicken, <laughs> chicken or the egg. Yeah, or a bit of both. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess you can, you can learn it to be adaptable, but some people can just walk into a situation and be adaptable. Mm. And maybe it's honing it, like whether it is when you went into the Navy, you were adaptable before, or you learned those skills, you've then thrived off it. Some people might go into that and have to learn it step by step along the way and make those mistakes. Mm possibly to be able to come that but I feel that we all have skills some that come naturally to some people some that don't and like you said you couldn't teach some, like you couldn't teach someone necessarily to be adaptable because maybe you haven't had to teach yourself yeah because if you taught yourself to be adaptable it's easier to teach someone to be adaptable I wouldn't even know where to start to to teach somebody I genuinely wouldn't have a clue how do you teach adaptability? I know. Whereas I, think it, I wouldn't say that I am that adaptable, so I have had to learn it. So maybe I'd find it a bit easier to teach someone because I've gone through the steps.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's why maybe I have this podcast because I have been through the steps of not having confidence. So now I feel I can talk about what it's like to have confidence because I've done the reading, I've done the, you know, the research, I've been on all the courses, you know, I've done all that, so I can
1: help. Women with their confidence. Maybe you're right. Yeah. And I think it's those things that maybe we I can imagine when you didn't feel confident. Like, were you like beating yourself up or like, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? With the maybe it wasn't like your end goal of I'm going to teach people how to be or like coach people with confidence. Because at the time you're like, absolutely not. Like this is a shit show of no confidence here. I cannot imagine teaching someone else. And now that you've been through it and you've done it, you're like, oh, this is how you'd like, I'm, you're living proof that you can go from one to the other. Yeah, you can, absolutely.
0: And I think the first step, and you've said it, is recognising, like, mm. you know, this is a shit show, Vanessa, sort it out. That's like recognition and accepting that I needed to do something about it and then going through all the you know god knows everything you know the the coaching all the youtube videos i've watched probably all of them on confidence yeah. i've done the courses you know i've read all the literature yes maybe you maybe you're right you have to almost go through some of that experience in order to then help others to do it yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah, I'm always a bit
0: skeptical of coaches who talk about like a business coach for example and they say hi I'm you know a leading business coach and they're about 24 and you think what do you actually know about (laughs) being in a business but thanks yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) so true and it's I had a conversation with someone the other day talking about business that you can go to university and get your business degree or you can throw yourself in it and learn along the way I don't think that there's a better way to do it. Mm. And you, do you end up at the same place? Probably, or like at your same level, but it's, was it one bird to, no, two, Oh God, I'm so bad with phrases. <laughs> one bird, two stones, two birds, one stone, whatever it is, I uh, can't remember what Killing two is. birds with one stone. There you go. So um, maybe that doesn't make sense now, but how like everyone has their journey of getting to places Would someone who's done a business degree be a suitable coach for someone who has just decided one day they're going to go self-employed, they have no experience in it? And can it swap around? Like, I feel everyone has their different ways of doing things and there's no right way. Yeah, Um, I'm going to say something controversial amongst HR people. (laughs) I
0: don't like... I've never hired actually somebody who's gone to university and they've got their um you know uh, what do you call them I forgot even what they're called now you're like your basic degree in HR or business mm-hmm. and then they go straight from university um into a master's degree so they come out of university and they're 22 maybe 23 and they've got all the qualifications but they ha- haven't got a clear about actually how to implement what they've learned and so I would never and this is the controversial bit hire somebody who's just gone right I've got a BA in business and I've got a master's in HR and now I want to be a HR manager I'll be like well you know (laughs) (laughs) go and do some (laughs) HR actually physically do it and figure out how flipping hard it can be when you have to implement something into a business and then Mm -hmm. come back and I'll think about hiring you so that's like that won't be popular, but I just think that there are so many jobs, and HR is just my example. Is you actually have to do it to be good at it, and then get the qualification because then that's proof that you can talk. Yeah,
1: it's you can't. You can have all the theory. You can have everything from your textbooks. People aren't textbook, are they? And <laughs> especially with, with HR, you are dealing with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know people are lovely but they're also difficult so yeah and those personable skills yeah being able to communicate in different ways or you know it's almost like when you get to real life um you don't have the textbook to deal with certain people Mm. You can know what you should do going back to the shoulds you should do it like this because the book tells you to do it like this but one person comes up and they have a conversation and you're suddenly like um uh i don't even know how to talk to you yeah you can't
0: just like flick back to oh I don't know chapter 14. <laughs> like, hang on a minute
1: <laughs> i learned this somewhere <laughs> um What was the next question I had for you? So advice you'd give to others. We've kind of covered that, Mm. but is there anything else? Oh
0: gosh, I'm sure I've got lots of advice. You don't necessarily need to take it, but um uh,
1: that's good
0: to hear. I don't know. Look, I tell you what's one piece of advice, and this is again, this might be controversial, is don't have like a career path set out unless you want to be like you know, you want to be, I don't know, an oncologist and then you've just Mm -hmm. got to go and go for it. Or, I don't know, you want to be a lawyer in commercial property, I don't know, making this up. But I don't know, I just, just go and live a little bit and just figure it out, you know, figure out what you like, not what your degree tells you you need to do or your A-levels or your GCSEs or whatever, you know, this is very UK specific. So whatever qualification you get in the world, I don't know I think there's a lot to be said about exploring different options and I also I think this is maybe a note to myself is like life and careers are so long like you, you don't the, the, you know they're not they're not just a five minute thing you're here for sort of 40 odd years like for goodness sake do something that you're going to enjoy and if you stop enjoying it go and do something else there are so many options these days I interviewed somebody a while ago now And she learned a lot of her stuff from Google, not Google, um, yeah, Google and also YouTube. I'm like, there we go. If you're unhappy with something, go and Google a lot of things and YouTube. You don't have to do anything like expensive. Just go and figure it out on the Internet because the whole stuff. I mean, I created this podcast largely off the Internet from YouTube. So my my advice would be don't do something because that's what your teacher told you to do or your parents or whatever go and do something you actually genuinely enjoy and you know what you might piss a few people off on the way because they've got an expectation but yeah I'd rather do something for 45 years maybe even longer of my life that's fun and enjoyable than just be bloody miserable but get paid Mm -hmm. shit loads so that's one piece of
1: advice that's a good one and that really really reminds me of I think it was after I left college had a gap year, went to university for two weeks <laughs> and then left because there was no point in me being there. I kind of went to prove to everyone I didn't want to go um, and I my dad sent me to a, I don't know, some sort of psychologist to do tests to decide like what I should do because I had no idea. He must have spent a fortune, probably the biggest waste of his money he's ever spent and he, I did, I don't know what tests they were, they so came back and it was like apart from my was maths, she can do anything like go and do, try this, try that. And I was like, and my dad was like, this is not the answer that I wanted, but you're right. I'm, I think we've is we're so fortunate that we have got the confidence to go and try things and to see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, it's going to lead you somewhere else. You're always going to be taken care of. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without yeah, and doubt. I think, yeah,
0: I think you're right. You things will work out for you. As long as you, you know, you'll start to sort of form some goals and and f- start to figure a few things out. I mean, don't go through life completely drifting. Um, although that's probably quite nice for some people. Um, I think things do work out. They do. They might not feel it at the time, and this is probably a note to younger people listening, a note to self is like, you know, what what feels like forever when you're younger is not like life goes bloody quickly. the older you get. And you just think, look, it might feel miserable at this moment in time, but it lasts such a short amount of time. So just, you know,
1: pack it away. You're a prime example of that, like not feeling confident, learning about it, like diving into how can I feel more confident? And then like, look at you now. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me now. (laughs) Totally. I always think that if someone met you however long, they probably wouldn't recognize you now. Well, like yeah. someone from school, they'd be like, no, she wasn't the one that was going to have a podcast, what
0: the hell? I think they'd still see me as argumentative, um, but apart from that, I think I, at at all. <laughs> I think I'd call it standing up for what I believe in.
1: Someone needs to do it. True. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, and then I'm probably going to get the wording wrong for this, but it's something that you ask all of your guests. What does it mean to be confident? Oh. You think? Do you know, I've, I've been dreading the day when somebody asks me this because I
0: just think, oh, wow, it's such a tricky question to answer. So I feel like yeah. I feel a lot of support from my guests who come on. They're like, wow, this is like a mountain of a question. So I like to I how my I would explain it is like, for me, confidence is two has two parts to it. There's the inner confidence piece and that's like really knowing yourself trusting yourself Mm -hmm. and that has to be the foundation before you then go into what my second is is the external confidence which is the stuff that people are probably seeing now they you know they see me talking clearly they i don't know power poses being able to stand in front of um, crowds of people all the sort of stuff that people will go wow she's a really confident person but the only reason why you have the external confidence is because you work on the internal piece first. So really not a great answer. I should never be a guest on my own podcast. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I see it. I see it's two parts. And I probably hadn't thought about that before I started the podcast and asking people and learning from them that actually the inner piece is so fundamental to actually having confidence. The outer piece is just a nice add-on. It's like the trimmings. But the mm-hmm. inner piece is the most important. And that is all the stuff that I do around coaching with people is, you know, how do you speak to yourself? What Who do you surround yourself with that, you know, really supports you? Because that's, you know, hugely important. All those sorts of things that that's where I, I start. And I if my clients don't want to do that, if they don't want to look at themselves and really work on themselves, then we'll never work together. Because it's so fundamental.
1: Yeah. that's that's my answer they say your external reality is actually your internal reality Mm. so you are good at sayings that one i can not (laughs) sure about (laughs) it's a bit of a running joke that i just always mess them up and they make no sense but i just go with it now and everyone laughs and i'm like well at least get a laugh out of it that's fine (laughs) uh it has been such a treat to hear all about you and learn such amazing things I mean I feel like we could come back and do one just about being in the navy at some point (laughs) well I'm intrigued about that
0: oh you need to talk to somebody who probably had a a much more successful career than I did I mean there are so many women now who are just smashing it in terms of getting into senior ranks it's incredible Mm -hmm. so yeah You think that's a change
1: of the times though
0: yeah I think it was so I, I left in 2012 and I it was just starting to happen where you got more senior females and there was a re- there's been a massive shift I don't know somebody in leadership has really done the right thing and said look this is all these amazing well-trained competent women what are we doing you know why why are we holding them back because of I don't know some bullshit policies or some of our belief systems so there's these incredible women who you know were my era who are doing amazingly well and I think we'll you'll see a are people people are threatened by it. they'll be like oh it's a really it'll be turned into a soft military force i bet it bloody won't there's some <laughs> hard women out there who don't take any crap but it'll be maybe a slightly more human organization which
1: yeah um, it, it, you saying that really reminds me of the queen how she had so much power i mean probably the most powerful person in the world really and yet yeah, was so soft You never saw her, I mean, behind closed doors, you don't know, but I can't imagine seeing her, like, screaming and shouting and anything like that. So there's definitely something in that, like, feminine, soft but strong approach. And certainly the women I served with that are now in, you know,
0: amazing positions, there's nothing soft about them, really. Really, you know, they're solid, very sure of themselves, but don't, come across in that stereotypical military person way and i think there's something really special
1: about that mm, without a doubt without a doubt and um, i could keep talking to you for ages <laughs> well, I could talk, a lot, you know, <laughs> you this, like a conversation you. <laughs> so thank you so so much um and who knows what we'll hear next
0: yeah well thank you for being the host it's so honestly it's so nice to hand over it's so nice and <laughs> no. um yeah it's just nice to be asked the questions that i ask my guests because sometimes it's i i give you all these questions and i guess these questions and i think actually it's now i can appreciate what it's like mm-hmm. to have some of these questions about confidence fired at me so no thank you very much for for taking over the mic my pleasure <laughs>